Today on episode number 699 of the School of Podcasting, I love this guy. He's a walking because of my podcast story, and he drops things like this. You fail. You have to fail (laughs) to get good at things. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is why I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up to save on either a monthly or yearly subscription, or if you just want to be crazy, you can buy the courses a la carte. Today we are talking with Clay Groves. He's like a skinny Santa, just the nicest guy on the planet. If you ever get a chance to talk to Clay Groves, I highly, highly recommend you do it. Seriously, one of the nicest guys on the planet, but I am getting ahead of myself. Before we go any further, I want to talk about Scarlet Series from Focusrite. This thing was made for Christmas. It fits in a stocking and it's bright red. Now, right now I'm talking into the 4i4, but it doesn't matter if you need one input, four input, eight input, whatever it is, they got you handled with six different interfaces. And this is now the third generation. And we thought the second generation was awesome. This is even better. So if you've got a microphone like a Shure SM7B that really needs a kick in the pants to get any kind of volume out of it, this will handle it. They have over 3 million units sold worldwide. So it works with any kind of microphone. You're going to sound great. It works with your recording software. And the third generation now has a new feature. He said, pulling it up in the background. And that is air. Well, what is air? It adds just a little bit of treble Uh, at the top of your recording. So here I am without air and here I am with it on. So you'll notice my S's and T's are just a little more clear. So I'm going to go ahead and turn this off. That's with air off. And this is with air on. And so depending on your voice, you've got it covered now with one easy button. Speaking of easy, next week, I'm going to tell you about a piece of software that comes with certain models that makes recording Skype or Zoom calls a breeze using a feature called loopback. For more information, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 699. And thanks to Focusrite for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. He is the chief executive fish nerd from fishnerds.com. The one, the only, don't be fooled by cheap imitation, Clay Groves. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. And there's so many cheap knockoffs. There's like the Dollar Tree version of Clay Groves. There's just it's worse and worse every year. The one guy's like gray cloves. And I'm like, come on, that's not you're you're not even trying. Right. It's made of cheap plastic. It's not even waterproof. It's just awful. Uh, But one of the things we should just start off. I love the name of your show because I know exactly what it's about. Um, How much thought went into like, did you did you have multiple names or did you just come up with fish dirge? And like, that's it. Well, to be honest, Dave, the, the original name before we had a podcast, we, had, we were we were my partner Dave Kellum was the original founder. We were failed authors, and our writing project, the blog, was called uh, Catch Dash M Dash All. Was a quest to catch and eat every kind of uh, freshwater fish in New Hampshire. All right, I got to jump in here in case you missed it. Where did he start? He started from a point of failure. He tried something and it didn't work. And this is one of the things I love about Clay. He's like a dog, man. You can't keep him off your leg. He's just going to keep coming at you. I love this dude. And we had tried to sell this book. We had an agent and we were pitching it like crazy. And one night, the after a year of pitching. All right. I know I was just here. I just want to point out, did you hear a, a year of pitching? A year. Of pitching. The publishers came back to us and said, uh, hey, you guys are too regional. You're too New Hampshire. That's where we live. Have you thought about starting a podcast? And we took about three minutes of discussion and said, right, let's start it. And we did a quick search and nobody had bought the domain Fish Nerds. And Fish Nerds is what you call an aquarium nerd, like people who in that, in that trade are real fish nerds, right? They mm-hmm. talk and they use words like placostomy all the time and cyprinidae and all these they pretend to be smarter than the rest of us. And we can't we couldn't believe no one had used that name. We bought the domain name and then we grabbed two cheap headset microphones from my science classroom as a science teacher. 
and we pushed record. On, I think we used Audacity the first time out of the gate, and we made a podcast, and it was on the internet within, well, as soon as Apple approved us. But at that time, it was right. fast. It was in no time. We had no idea what we were doing. We thought we were hilarious. We thought we sounded great, and it was terrible. And that was it. That was the birth of the Fish Nerds, and that was in 2013 when that happened, episode one. Welcome to Fish Nerds, obsessive talk about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I am Dave Callum. And I am Clay Groves. Together we talk about fishy stuff that happened to us and people we know. We also discuss random topics that we find interesting and usually really funny. The beauty of that is you know your first episode is usually going to be kind of cringeworthy when you look back on it. And you just said, hey, let's get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. And off you went. Well, we didn't know it was cringeworthy. We thought it was great. We were so (laughs) proud. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. The quality, mostly it's audio quality that's rough. That's the hardest part of this whole show. Yesterday, Dave, I released for National Podcast Posting Month a podcast and it... I forgot to plug my microphone in, and I was in such a rush to get that daily show out, I didn't even listen to it. And I'm listening back, going, why do I, what's gone? And tonight, recording with you, I'm like, trying to get things to work, and my mic isn't plugged in. And I'm like, oh, that's why my sound sucked yesterday. So even six, seven years in, hundreds of episodes in, yeah, it's still amateur hour for me. There you go. Yeah, everybody has those lovely moments. So, uh, But you said one of the things that you've done is you've actually... Because it sounds like you started as a writer. You've actually been able to sell some stories. So mm-hmm. all that writing stuff didn't go completely to uh, to waste. So tell us about that. Uh, yes. How did you sell a story? Well, we so, we, you know, I'm a huge public radio fan. That's kind of what got my brain into into really liking podcasts. Because before, even before iTunes and all that, I was downloading public radio shows as podcasts on my, it was on phones, it was on my MP3 player. And I was playing them. And when we first started making the podcast, we kept thinking, God, if only we can get on public radio, we would be so famous. And so we got, you know, we got ourselves on as guests, you know, because we provide content, right? Right. Nobody wants you to go on and provide what they're doing. You want, they want to bring them stories so that that way they have, they can fill their time, right? They're doing shows every single day. So we got ourselves as a guest on a few times on some uh, New Hampshire public radio shows and some Boston public radio shows. We've taken them. We've taken them on the ice to go fishing. We do a lot of ice fishing, and uh, we fed them weird-tasting fish. Uh, and then we said, so how does one – we just asked the question to the, to the producers who were helping us on the radio. How does one do a story for you? How can we sell you a story? And they said, they, they said oh, we'd love that. They were like, here's how – here's the channel. They gave, we just asked, and they told us how to do it. And so the first story we sold them was supposed to be about a fish called a burbot which is a freshwater codfish. They live in really deep waters. There's like 35 names for them. Um, and and you know, so, you're so excited, Dave, I can tell. But <laughs> we wrote, we did this whole thing. We went out on the ice. People were catching this fish. And we recorded and we made this show. And we, it was four minutes long, fit their format. We scripted the whole thing out in advance uh, after before, before recording the audio for it. About three hours of audio. We sent them the four-minute script and they sent it back immediately. It went, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and and I said, well, what do you mean? No, they said, this is not even close. So try again. They couldn't even guide us because it was so far off. <laughs> and we sent it back to them. And then they sent it back to us. And we did about eight times back and forth. And they paid us. They, no, it's, they, they pay us. I think it's like, I think it was $700 for a story, which is a lot of money for a podcast. Yeah. yeah. That might be wrong. But it felt like a lot. I forget the numbers. But it was a lot of money. And then they paid us $100 to not do it because it was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then we said, all right, let's try again. And they said, why don't you come on down to the studio? And we came down and it was a day where the bosses were off. So it was just the reporters were on. And and they they said, come on in the studio and let's, let's talk about how to make this. And so the producers of some of their outdoor shows had us in and they actually showed us how to how to write a script for a four-minute NPR-style news story. And it was really complicated. It's really challenging. It's not, it's, it's not easy. And, it, and you have to script it. You have to have the audio first. So you have you know, hours and hours of recording. You have to transcribe all that audio. You've got to hand type, transcribe all that audio. And then you've got to pull your story out of it and then have them correct it like it's a writing project and then you record it and then you layer in audio to give all the sound effects and we did one with them 
And we ended up selling, I think, four or five stories to them. We only got paid to kill three, two or three stories. And they do. They pay you to kill them. They like just, <laughs> nope, put it to bed. It's terrible. And it's like, you're like, I'm getting paid. Oh, they hate it. Uh, and it's, <laughs> you have to get really, I mean, like any other thing, you get used to failure and you don't, and you don't hate failure so much. You're like, I failed again. No, well, work it out. Let, Make a joke. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess, why do they pay you to kill it? Because, because you, because, like, you, they know you how much work you in? put in. Yeah. So you pitch yeah. them ahead of time. And by uh, pitching them, they're telling you, yes, do the work for us. And then if it sucks, they kill it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, when I write for newspapers and magazines, they don't pay me to kill stories. They just don't publish them. And so that's, it's different. Okay. And I'm not a great writer, right? I struggle with writing. Speaking, I no problem. But writing, I, I really work hard at it and I'm awful at it. Notice that Clay's attitude here wasn't, oh, those guys don't know what they're talking about. No, he was like, okay, this is going to be challenging. I'm going to have to learn how to do something different here. I love this guy's attitude because in the end, the only thing you have control over is your attitude and Clay's is perfect. Get out your pen and paper. Let's check out how did he come back from this? You you get the first one killed. Mm -hmm. How do you get back on the horse to, to swing again? Well, if you fish a lot, you learn that failure is the norm. <laughs> so you figure for, for those of us who fish, we know that we're going to go catch that giant bass out there. We're going to put a, we're going to put a lure on the hook that looks like a uh, Chevy engine crossed with Lady Gaga. We're going to cast out in the lake and jig it in, reel it in, splash around, and nothing's going to look at it for hours. We're going to throw it 150 times and one fish is going to splash near it, like 25 feet away. It's not even going to look at it. It just splashes near it. And we're like, all right. I'm going to throw it 300 more times and keep going. And all those are failures until you finally win. Everyone fails until they don't, right? And so you have to fail all the time until mm. you don't fail anymore. So that's kind of fishing. That's my brain space. It's always, yeah, I sure failed, of course. Because failing isn't bad. It's normal. Well, you, you said you like to talk and yeah. you've, you've actually been paid to speak. Yeah. So this is the coolest thing. I... I've more than one occasion been paid to speak, but the coolest speaking gig I ever had, this was uh, two years ago. I was on vacation in Virginia Beach, and I happened to go to the Virginia Aquarium and Marine Science Center, and I just tore it around, and uh, I texted, not texted, I tweeted at them. I said, hey, I'm in your science center, and I love it, and I noticed you have a sustainable seafood program. Can I interview somebody for my podcast? And they, I immediately got a tweet back with a yes, and they invited me in the back room, and I met with uh, the director of education and the director of, uh, of their seafood program, and I interviewed them, and I said, thank you, put it up out in the world, and the next day, they sent me a message over, um, I think it was over just regular email, saying, great, thank you so much. By the way, in one year, we're having our... Um, one year later, we're having our sustainable seafood festival and we need a speaker and a judge. And so I said, they said, can you do it? And I said, well, yeah. And I said, what's it all mean? And they said, oh, we means we're going to fly you down to Virginia Beach. We're going to put you in a fancy hotel on the beach for five nights. We're going to feed you every day. We're going to put you on a schedule. You're going to speak for about an hour a day and make appearances. And you get to judge the Sustainable Seafood Festival, which means you get to eat at 24 restaurants in one day, uh, <laughs> all the seafood in Virginia Beach, and tell us which one is the tastiest and most sustainable, and you're the only judge. It's all you. And we're going to pay you. And so they paid me a per diem. That's money every single day I was there. I spoke on the National Geographic 3D stage at the aquarium. I spoke at a Whole Foods. I spoke at a beer brewery. And I just talked about um, sustainable fish eating, like how to make good fish choices in restaurants. Uh, and I talked a lot about um, me. <laughs> Just well, told stories. But here's the thing, though. I would think, like, when you announce the winner, you got 23 people who hate your guts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They they were like, I, I got all kinds of, like, bias feedback. Oh, that's bias. Yeah. That person, that restaurant sponsors the uh, aquarium. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I it was fun. There you go. It was really cool experience. And then that leads to more speaking experience, uh, engagements. So you do one and then somebody else goes, oh, I hear you're a speaker. Can you come on down and do it for us? And you, it, it just goes on and on. And I don't, I don't market myself as a speaker. It just people talk and word of mouth is the thing. 
that's it. And then you take advantage of your opportunities. Like when you went down there, it sounds like you nailed it. And I, uh, yeah. And well, the cool thing is, so my family went on vacation without me down there last winter. I called ahead and I said, Hey, my kids are coming. Cause I didn't get, they didn't get to come with me to that. Can you give mm-hmm. them a cool experience? They all got to go into the aquarium for free. They got to go behind the scenes and learn how they care for the animals and help feed some of the animals and this yeah. whole really cool thing. And we're still friends. And the people from the aquarium came to New Hampshire and came ice fishing with me because they're from Virginia Beach. They have never seen ice. And so they came out because of my podcast. They came, hung out with me. I got all there these science go. people want to spend time with me. And I got well, it's to, all about relationships, yeah. you know? And last fall, my daughter and I got flown out to the... Um, to Emporia State University in Kansas, and we spoke to their biology students about New Hampshire fishes. Uh, How old's your daughter? She's 11. Well, she's 12 now. She was 11 at the time. And they, okay. And they flew us both out, and she was my co-speaker, and it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when I talked to you, I think it was a podcast movement, mm-hmm. you had told me how you had started a tour business, like a fish tour. Tell me a little bit about that. So in New Hampshire, in order to become a fishing guide and make money on the water, you have to get a license for it. And so the first thing I did, and and I wasn't planning on doing this, but someone called my show and said, hey, Clay, can you do a story on how to become a licensed fishing guide? So I called the local guide school up and I said, hey, I want to do a story about your guide school. The owner said, why don't you come to guide school and do a story about it from the inside out and we'll trade you. you. We advertise on your show and you come to guide school. So I announced my show. I was coming to guide school. Four listeners bought guide school. Um, wow. Yeah, they paid their full fee to go. And actually, one of those listeners is now a correspondent on my show. He actually produces for me now. And, nice. uh, and But he, he did just because he wanted to hang out with me. And so they bought, you know, they paid for this. So I went to guide school. And then I did a series of, of podcasts on how to open a business. And have never done it before. And next thing you know, I'm running fishing charters. And a year and a half later, I bought a big giant fishing boat, which is a pontoon boat. And, and now <laughs> I, I, I almost, in the summer, I almost don't take people fishing anymore. It's just, we, I take my boat rides and people give me money to go on a boat ride. And that's because <laughs> of my podcast. Like it grew out of all this. It's, and it's called well, the, fish, you, the Fish Nerd I'm, Guide Service. So. Well, I remember you telling me how there's like one lake where you <laughs> live that's horrible. And you explain like, this is like the world's worst it's fishing awful. thing. And yet, if if I remember right, you said your audience, like, that's where they want to go? Mm-hmm. I've had people come in from Pennsylvania. Now I'm in New Hampshire. I've had people come from Pennsylvania. I have a lady coming from, uh, actually an actress coming in from uh, Las Vegas in March to fish that lake. Because I talk about that lake uh, on my show all the time. How there's, It's impossible to catch fish in the lake. And I, I'm on there every day. And people want to take the challenge. They're on there. They mostly want to hang out with me. They want to just talk right. and and, and have a great time, and they hear the fun we're having because we re- we record live on the on the ice or on the all the time, and it works, and people have a great time, and we we now, catch fish. We joke about it being terrible. We we do catch fish. <laughs> it's not like you, four hours out there, like, well, <laughs> all right, well, I guess time to go home. It's happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long did it take that to, I guess, turn a profit, or like when did that really start to kick into gear? Because it's one thing to go, I'm going to start a business. It's another one to go, okay, we're going to keep doing this. This is actually working now. Yeah. So we're breaking even now. We're four years in. The first two years, we were just ice fishing charters. I only did ice fishing trips. So Mm -hmm. only on the ice from December until April. And both those years, uh, I sold out every date I had available uh, immediately. Again, remember, I'm in a big tourist town. So if I can get my marketing in front of people who, who are here for a ski vacation, they're already dressed to be in terrible ice fishing conditions. So I've already got them. And then I bought the pontoon boat and that's a little harder to get if, to get people to understand what we're actually doing on it because people see fishing on the thing and they're going, nah, I don't want to go fishing. But if you market just to people who want to go boating, they think, oh, I kind of want to go fishing. And it's, it's a harder, it's a broader scope of things. So it's not as busy as I would want it to be, but it's busier than I can handle with working all the jobs I'm working. So my hope is by dialing back my my grant writing job, or get rid of it actually, it's, it's gone, I will be able to focus on growing that business and get the marketing uh, better. Or maybe market in a more niche form. So instead of marketing one brochure that is fishing, swimming, tubing, boating, touring, 
maybe I right. do two brochures. Maybe one is fishing and one is boat rides, you know? So, yeah. So, you know, it's, with podcasting, they say the same thing. It's, it's the more niche, the, the more, the tighter your audience, the more responsive your audience is going to be. And I think that's probably the same with the business I'm running. That's why the ice fishing is, works so well. It's because it's, there's no doubt what we're doing. The brochure says ice fishing and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and people go, oh, I always want to do that. And then they come. Yeah. What are you using to record when you're out on the boat? I use a Zoom H4N handheld recorder. And, and, and I usually have a shotgun mic uh, with a uh, dead cat on it. And occasionally I'll use the ATR 2100s if I'm, fish, if I'm recording inside an ice fishing shack. The one thing about if you're going to record at extreme temperatures, so we record. Yeah. I've recorded at sub-zero, negative 27 was my coldest recording, and none of this equipment is designed for that level of cold. <laughs> By the way, humans are not designed for that level of cold, but we were outside, we're recording in the weather, and I, I actually dragged out, I drag out microphone stands on the ice okay. when we're recording, because, you know, mic handling sounds, yeah. I hate it, because I'm stupid, stupid podcasting ears, I listen to your show right. too much, Dave, and... Uh, so we had it one year. I was out recording with, with one of my, one of my guys out there, and the microphone stand crumbled. The plastic got so cold it just turned brittle, and the whole stand just collapsed on itself. <laughs> and the you know, the microphone hits the ice. Batteries right. can't hold a charge. If you think no. things can go wrong recording in a studio, like you know, a building when you're bringing your equipment, take it on the on a on a lake negative 27 temperatures with 15 or 20 mile hour winds and then watch what happens it's great <laughs> it's the best but we do it and i do a lot of apologizing you'd say don't apologize for your audio right. on your, at the beginning i open shows with guys i'm really sorry about today's show <laughs> and i but recommend that's a you don't story, listen though that's yeah. the difference i think yeah. right uh, but my audience doesn't care they're like great keep make more they like the field recordings the best the real life yeah things happening so we're when we're fishing you we're talking and we're catching fish at the same time so it matches and it doesn't matter what we're talking about because the fish are there it's part of the environment so we might yep. be talking about the weather or we might be talking about spaceships or in that case with dinosaurs i think so you just never know <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah and and the last one that i was just like oh this is amazing because this is like every podcaster's dream you now have your toe in the water, which fits very nicely for you it's for that perfect. analogy. Tell us about your latest Because of My Podcast story. I want to take the listener on a, on a little journey here okay. to, to where I'm at. I live in a small town. I, it's in the White Mountains, New Hampshire. There are about 3,000 year-round residents in my town. Uh, but on any given week, there's about 15, or to, 15 to about 80,000 people here. So it's a tourist town, right? We live in the, I'm in, I'm in a, I'm in the, the number one ski town in the country. And people come from all over the world to come here. Um, they, they, by the way, they come here to go shopping. That's number one. The number one reason they come here. Number two is outdoor activities. And so it's not hard in this community to know everybody. And if you work a little bit in media or you're, you're able to dabble a little bit in media, you can connect yourself with all the different outlets. So I'm on local TV frequently. And since starting this podcast, I've been able to kind of wiggle my way into the radio on occasion with little stories here and there. So we have a local radio station that's independently owned and operated. It's called 93.5 WMWV. Uh, you can stream it online at WMWV.com, I think. Um, and and it's it's great. It plays an eclectic mix of music and it's stuff I love. If someone who's in their mid to late 40s like myself, it's the perfect mix of music. And so for years, I've been kind of trying to work with them. And a few years ago, I worked with, with a local bait shop who wanted to do advertising on there. And, and they said, hey, Clay, can you help us? We're going we're gonna to buy an ad spot, but we want the fish nerds to do the ad spots for us. So we invented what's called the Fish Nerds Minute. And the, the uh, radio station, we didn't get paid for this. We just, we got, uh, what, they, what do you call it? We don't get paid. You get uh, exposure. Uh, exposure. Yeah. Right. Which you can die from, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we got exposure for it, but it was really fun doing it. So we made a series of 10 Fish Nerds minutes for this bait shop. We recorded them all in our basement. 
And the radio station, they paid the radio station to play them. This is the Fish Nerd Minute, about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. And we're brought to you today by Andy's Bait and Tackle. <laughs> now, Clay, what do you think of when you hear the word minnow? I think about tiny bait fish. <laughs> They're not all tiny. New Hampshire's largest native minnow, the fall fish, its state record is 3 pounds, 8 ounces. Wow. And during the spring, this fall fish goes through an amazing transformation. The males turn purple and pink and grow horns all over their heads. <laughs> fall fish can be caught by almost any technique. We actually catch them while we're usually fishing for trout. But they will take flies, chase spinner baits, and they put up a decent fight for their size. Right. And most people in New Hampshire have caught fall fish, but nobody knows their names. A lot of people think these fall fish are trout, and not many people agree, but they're great to eat. We love to have them in fish cakes for our favorite falafel fall fish. Mm. For more Fish Nerd fun, check out Fish Nerd's podcast on iTunes or fishnerds.com. Alright, so cheesy, funny, interesting. Uh, the bed music we did not choose, that was the radio station uh, adding that. For it's us. very radio station kind of like, hey, that sounds like it would be on the radio. Yeah, so. but, but people loved it. And then the TV station down the street wanted the same thing done with videos. We repeated them the exact same script, but on video. So those exist on the internet. Um, but those got really, really popular <laughs> for some reason. People were loving them. And so that's how we started that relationship with, with the radio station. And so they knew who, who we were. Uh, and that, nice. was, that was a few years ago. And then uh, two winters ago, I called the radio station. This is the second year, third year I was running a guide service. And I said, hey, you guys, I think you should come ice fishing with me. And they recorded a story, like a deeper story on ice fishing. Fishing is a pastime that has spanned centuries. And us New Englanders don't let a little thing like freezing temperatures stop us from enjoying this age-old tradition. So when my fish nerd friend Clay Groves offered to take DJ Tony Zorn myself on the ice and show us how to fish in the frozen north, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. We started the day nice and early, meeting Clay at one of his closely guarded secret fishing spots. He explained what exactly goes into finding the perfect spot. What I do is I look at lake maps I decide what species I'm fishing for, and so today we're fishing for lake trout, and they generally like to be like in canyons near humps. So this area of the lake, there's a big canyon, and it's a flat bottom here, about 40 to 50 feet deep, and it's a good place for them to chase smelt and yellow perch and to feed. And so I look at the map, and I, I think that looks good, and I go drill a hole and I check it. And as a guide, we pre-fish. We come out the day before, and we fish to try to figure out if we're right about it, so that we take a client out. Hopefully they're catching fish and not guessing with us. He also noted how important ice safety is, especially right now. No, you can stop it whenever. <laughs> I think you get the point of it. Okay. I the, love the ambiance. Yeah, well, it's real life recording, uh, and yeah. so we we did that. We did about four hours of recording. They edited it down to about five minutes, and they put that out, and that actually won them a New Hampshire um, recording award. That was that one at the they do. Um, they do radio awards statewide, and that actually beat out all the outdoor shows on public radio, that little local one. They gave them their first produced award that a station's ever gotten. Of course, I was on it, right? So that's... Nice. Again, it's, uh, we're building this relationship. It's very slow over time, and it, it's, um, it's content delivery. It's giving them something for their show, and I think that's really critical. And then, so... And I've done a lot of stuff with my nonprofit I work for. I go on, and I'll promote my nonprofit, because they... They love they love to have people come on and talk about what's you know events coming up and stuff like that, and so and I I might have mentioned two or three times that oh this is so cool I'd love to do this sometime, and so two weeks ago I was having a coffee with some friends and my phone rang and it was the radio station, and they said hey Clay this is uh, you know Mark Johnson the you know the director of the radio station and our weekend DJ just quit. Are you interested in being the voice of the Mount Washington Valley on the weekends? Hallelujah. And I went, uh, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am, but I don't know if I can do it. I, I, I don't know what all that means. Can I come in and chat? And so I went in and talked to them and they hired me. And so now I am a live DJ on a real radio station in my town. <laughs> because of my podcast, it's they knew I had the chops. They they gone and listened to a few episodes with the with the management team and and said, "Get them in here. Let's talk to them." So now I've got a show on the radio, and I had my first 
live <laughs> live show this past weekend. And I, it was awful. Hallelujah. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 the big difference? You think so the, live is the big difference. Yeah. You're going out and you're first of all you you know in a podcast you're reaching like ten or twelve people, and uh, I, I reach more because I've been doing it a long time. But you don't reach a lot of people on the yeah. radio. You're immediately reaching tens of thousands of, you know, potentially tens of thousands of people, right? So uh, there's that pressure, right? So there was a week and a half of training. I would go in the morning show every morning and I'd, I'd just stand behind the DJ and watch, which is a useless way to train. It does not do you any good at all. You're not touching right. the knobs. So they said, okay, you're going to be live on Saturday. Tony Zor, the news guy is going to be in there. He's going to work all the buttons. You're going to do all the talking. Great. That's that's what I do. I can talk. And right. I got in there and Tony says, yeah, I'm not going to touch any buttons. You're going to do it all. And I went, oh, no. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Tony. Well, he's right. That's how you're going to learn. You got to get in the weeds right. sometimes. You got to get in it. So I get in there. It's show starts at 6 a.m. I'm there at 4.30. Uh, and, I, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And he's like, okay, first write the sports report. Dave, I don't <laughs> watch sports. I've never watched a football game all the way through my life. So I go on ESPN.com and I start writing down sports words in sentence form. <laughs> and I got a sports report together that I don't know what half of it means. And I show it to him. He goes, great. We record that as, <laughs> as a 30-second, basically as a podcast. You're pre-recording a bunch mm. of stuff. So that's at 5 in the morning. 5.30. Okay, now do the same thing with the weather. So I've got to do a five-day weather report. So I pre-record all that. So that's all in the bank. And then the computer system is really cool. It has the entire day's music all laid out in these red spots that you're supposed to put stuff into. And that could be live or it could be pre-recorded. So, you know, you drop the weather into those spots and you drop the, the sports into those spots. And then there's some you have to talk. Top of the hour, every hour, the by FCC law, you have to get on the horn live and say, you're listening to 93.5 WMWV. Con Conway, North Conway, Bartlett, or whatever, like you name the towns. Yeah. You have to name a town, one town specifically. If you don't get that one town, you broke the law. Like you can name all the rest of towns you want, but that wow. one. And so six o'clock rolls around. I'm like, good morning. You're listening to, oh God, Tony, do it. And so Tony jumped on and had to do it because I froze entirely because I got my hand on knobs and buzzers and whistles and all, <laughs> all the things. And so I had to like, I immediately panicked. And I'm like, turn it off, put the music back on. I'm running. I can't do this anymore. And Tony said that was terrible. <laughs> so, did, do you have a recording of this? Somewhere? I so wish I did. At, immediately, <laughs> Dave, I thought of you. I thought, oh, Dave, me pissed. I didn't record this because it was so bad. But then that was the worst minute, right? The worst minute, and then it got better as we went. Got it done, right? right. So come um, in, fail fast. Like, okay, my yeah. first minute's gonna suck. Got it done. Yeah, it hurt. Uh, it hurt a lot. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. And then I made up all kinds of new cuss words. I was really, <laughs> like, really flustered. It's not talking. It's the button pushing. There's so many. Right. So we're used to looking at these little Behringer boards right. that have, have, like, four buttons on them, right? This thing, their, their board has, like, 15 channels on it and all these sliders on it and all these lights and things to push. And then I've got to do the weather show. In the morning weather show, we talked to the top of Mount Washington Weather Observatory live over, over the phone, and it's all timing. You have a commercial that's, 50, that's 30 seconds long. In that 30 seconds, you got to make a phone call, find out the name of the weather person, put them on hold, hit eight switches, and then get those volume knobs just right, and then get him on air and have you know fake small talk. And then get him talking and then turn your mic down. And while he's talking, you have to do other things besides listen to him. You don't focus on what you don't even listen. You just, you know, he's right. talking. You know, he's going to be talking for 45 seconds. And while he's doing that, you have to queue up the next bit for the morning show because you're calling in the weather observer that's on the ground level who does the, the rating of the day. There's all these things. And so I, well, I got through that. Tony actually did that for me. Um, he did all that section for me. He goes, tomorrow you're going to do it yourself. So the next day, no problem. I open the show up. I get everything perfect, right? I get to the weather show. 
and I get to the calls all working great. They all worked, and I get the weather show ends, and I'm like, all right, now back to Edie Brickell and New Bohemians. I push the music on air button. Music goes on. I'm like, I did it. I can't believe it worked. Man, that was hard. And I'm talking to myself, and then the, <laughs> the studio phone rings. I pick it up, 935 FM. Uh, Clay, you're on the air. Oh, there's my boss at home listening to the radio. So. <laughs> it's so hard. I bet. It's so different. Um, but then the and then what I do, so I'm on the air live for just three hours, but I'm on the air all day long on three mm. stations. And so after I finish recording the morning show, the live show, then I have to record about 30 little 15, I'm going to call them 15 second podcasts about the music that's playing. So all those markers are in that computer program and it's just so fun. You get in there and you push play and you hear the last 10 seconds of the song that just that theoretically just played in the radio. You talk about that song and the other songs that came before it and the song coming up and then you do the next one and you do the next one and do the next one and you make small talk like if it's noontime you go, ah, it's lunchtime now. What are you guys having today? And you just do that and next one and next one and next one. And I do that for three stations and then I'm done. To, I mean, <laughs> and it's all so much fun. It's so cool. And so now I'm a real DJ with no That's training. Awesome. <laughs> Throw them in and see what happens. Yeah, I know. And people are listening. I mean, the feedback, like on a podcast, feedback is you can go months and never hear right. from anybody. And even though you know people are there, but on the radio, it's immediate. You know, I pronounced... Um, Bruce uh, Colburn's name wrong or something. I think I think said Cockburn or something instead. I read it too fast, and I got I, was in, I got feedback immediately from people. Yeah. So, but it's really <laughs> cool. I mean, it's a neat thing. It's a lot of luck and a real slow build of relationships, but mostly luck, I think. Well, it's and so again, you, you took advantage of the opportunities that were presented to you, and you showed up and. You know, didn't go, well, I don't know, whatever. I'll just show up and see what happens. No, you were, you were ready to go and, um, you like to have fun, but when it comes time to knuckle down, you, you got on the mic and did it. So that's cool. Man. Powered through. And it was yeah. really fun afterwards talking to, uh, the other DJs and every single one of them have that horror story, that on air story where they dropped yeah. the F bomb on accident or where they <laughs> didn't push, they let the mic on for too long and, and said things about their boss they shouldn't have or whatever. I mean, everyone has a stories to tell. And again, it's back to that way I said at the beginning, it's you, you fail. You have to fail <laughs> to get good at things. And yeah. for me, that's what it's working. I'm not good at it, but I got a lot of positive feedback. People said my voice sounded good. Uh, and I think that that comes from podcasting because I have been recording myself for the last seven yeah. years. You, you use less placeholders when you're talking because you hear yourself back over and over again. You maybe slow down a little bit. You say words more clearly than you would have otherwise. So yeah. I think podcasting is good training for radio. And I think that's why radio guys are good podcasters sometimes because they've already had that oh, yeah. inflection in their voice. They know how to how to get that tone right. Now, are you Clay Groves on the air or are you something cool like, you know, Skippy McNutton or something? Or, it's funny. I, I, I was going to pick Skippy McNutton. I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm Clay Groves. I We... We toyed with making up some funny names and stuff, and we decided that uh, it's a lot easier. Life, sorry, everything in life is a lot easier if you're your authentic self. You just be who right. you are. You don't have to work so hard. You just, if yeah. I, you know, I, I, when I talk, I smile. I always do, and and I think that's what people hear. They hear so I, I have a lot of joy. Like I just always feel happy, and so I always am smiling. I'm always just talking and smiling at people all the time, and. I think that that's what people like, you know, even when I'm telling a sad story, so I just, I just like talking. <laughs> so it all works well, it's out. working out for you, my friend. Yeah, that's so the far. cool thing. Yeah, I get um, to be I'm on your show. As I wind down here, I got two more questions for you. One is you've, you've mentioned you actually quit your day job today. Yeah. Right? Is it today? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's effective December 20th and, okay. then, and then I'm going to train my replacement. So I bet you I'm there till February. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I did quit the job. It was uh, it's a, I, I, I'm the director of after school programmers programs for the our local district here and the grant writer. 
And three years ago, I wrote a million dollar grant and funded the program entirely for wow. five years. In that grant, I've actually written my job as a full time job, and uh, I can't seem to get the school board to put me to full time. So uh, I've kind of burned out of that fight. And just I'm like, you know what? They can have it. It's funded, it's in good shape. There's some great yeah. people working there. The kids are going to be fine, the teachers will be fine. I just can't work part-time anymore for somebody else. So I quit that, and my hopes is to push a little harder on um, the guide service. The DJing thing, there's no money there, uh, but it's fun. There's there's some money, but it's 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 terrible. Right. It's, yeah, it's, radio's it's, known for not paying much. So. It's awful. I, I'm bartending, which is actually really good for the guide service, for my, for my, because mm. I'm talking to tourists all the time. So I'm hoping all that's going to work. And my plan is the Fisher's podcast is actually – been seeing some dramatic growth in the last uh, six or eight months since nice. I since I lost since I stopped being consistent uh, in my releases and release whenever I feel like my audience has grown, uh, <laughs> which is just bizarre. It's the yeah. opposite of what they teach you on the school of podcasting, and yeah. uh, it, but it actually has grown. And um, and uh, I'm going to start trying to sell either sell advertising on there or push the Patreon a little harder um, and do. What I was reading online is a lot of people who do um, they do episodes specific to Patreon. Yep. They get the growth that way. So, yeah, maybe making a Patreon only episode or some some other way of getting income in. The show should be it should be enough to earn a part of my living on. I think and I've been doing yeah. it long enough. I'm well known in the industry. I might be the, one of the longest running uh, fishing shows out there. I'm definitely the only independent one that's been going a long time. There's some. I think Orvis or some big corporations have some that they've cycled through a few of them, but it's, it's a lot of fun and I never run out of content. And as a, and you would, you think at some point, when do you run out of something to talk about? <laughs> I, I don't even come close. It, it's, it's not even like, I can't keep up. So I just wrapped up national podcast posting month, which I did because of your stupid show. You, I, I felt challenged by you to do it. And we were doing a fish in the news segment every single day for a month and you came on it and did a great job. And uh, so doing 30 shows in 30 days, and I thought by the end of the month, I would stop getting content. It's flooding in. I, my listeners now are really engaged in this process, and they're sending in like crazy. And I'm going to keep uh, adding the fish in the news you know, as often as people want to do it, because it's, it's good stuff. But I think doing it daily has really kind of got me a little more disciplined in the podcasting and, and got me faster at editing. Uh, although I still am obviously going to make a lot of mistakes, but it's uh, by, but it's like an intensive learning process. You really have to focus and find time. I've recorded the you know all over the place to get these things done and dragged people like you into the show over and over again. <laughs> uh, how's your wife feel about all this? I think she's good with it. The nice thing about the DJ job is it's six in the morning. I'm done by nine on the weekends, and I've given up. I had a different bartending job that was a weekend tourist only bar and i gave mm. that job and that job up and went to a different bar that is a locals dive bar smokehouse type place that's busy all week long so i'm no longer going to be bartending on the weekends which means friday nights saturday nights i'm home with christian and the girls and zoe has started podcasting with me so she's enjoying nice. that she actually recorded my zoe's my 12 year old she rec she's already been a correspondent on my show. She's always been a voice on the show. She's the chief kid correspondent for the Fish Nerds. Uh, but a couple of days ago, I was busy. And I said, Zoe, I need you to make an episode of Fish in the News. She went down to my computer. She pushed record. She recorded the whole thing, edited it, added the bed music, and published it. And it's on the internet. And it's uh, people are checking out our show. And she did a good job. Did it about octopuses and did a good job. She enunciated her words. You wouldn't like it, Dave. She, she read a lot of stuff. You know, She's 12. She, she gets a pass. She got yeah. a pass. But she had a great time. She made little jokes in between bits and nice. did her thing and even plugged the Facebook group. Like She was describing a video. And I've never taught her to do this. But she was describing a video. And she goes, you know what? I'm having a hard time describing this. We're going to put a link to that video in the show notes and at our Facebook group. Uh, the Fishers podcast on, on Facebook, and like I'm like, and she edited it, and the whole thing down, yeah. and uh, it was cool. So I was pretty proud of her. That's going to be the fun thing. I mean, we're having our fun times with the podcasting. It's going to be the fun thing to see the people that grew up with podcasting, right? That then completely go, ooh, nobody's ever done this though. That's going to be the fun thing, so. right? Because we're pretty straightforward with it, but the 
these kids with their technology, they're going to come up with all kinds of new ways to make it interesting and fun. And it's just part of their world. Podcasting is something that everyone does now. It's not weird for them. Like you talk to people who are old like us, Dave. You tell them I'm a podcaster and they're like, "Uh, you jerk. But (laughs) the kids are like, oh, that's cool. Like I get it. (laughs) So. It's fun. So yeah, my wife's good with it. And I think it's gonna give us more time together. We're, we've been married 15 years and nice. uh, we're, you know, we have kids and all the stresses of real life and I've been working too much. And so it's going to be nice to, to spend more time. But the trick is I have to find the money somewhere. So that's a challenge. There we go. Yeah. We'll, we'll get awesome. there, but you can, you know, you yeah. can pay me Dave if you want. Sure. Cause you're, you're uh, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I get so many discounts at like grocery stores and stuff. <laughs> Free like beer, hot wings. Like, hey, well, anything we should uh, plug besides fishnerds.com. I think if you want to hear me on the radio, I yeah. think I think on so on Saturday mornings um from uh, Eastern time from six AM until one o'clock, I am on WMWV.com and you can stream it live from that website. If you want to hear me mess up on live radio. Uh, <laughs> six to nine a.m. is when I really mess up. Uh, <laughs> that's when I'm nice. live. The rest of the day, it sounds perfect because I can edit it and edit it and edit it and get it right. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing your story. I think it's awesome. I'm. Uh, I, I just when you said, yeah, I'm. I, I just been asked to be on the radio. I was like, oh, dude, that's like the best because of my podcast story ever. So it is. It's like I a secret. You. It's a secret podcaster's dream, right? We don't actually it say is. it out loud often. But we're all thinking it. We're all right. thinking if only I can get like actual listeners. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I got to be really careful though. I want to sneak in my plug for my business here and there, like casually. Like, oh, I was yeah. I was guiding on the lake today because I'm a guide. Or, you know, I was talking yeah. to this person today because I'm a podcaster nerd. And, you know, we'll yeah. see what, <laughs> see how I guess that's it. In. Yeah. It'll come. Yeah. It'll come. Awesome, my friend. So, thank you for your time. Hey, thanks, Dave. Fishnerds.com. Thank you so much, Clay. You know, podcasting and fishing have a lot in common. With fishing, you have to have the right bait. And for me, that is things like headlines. I've said this before. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines, it really, I've seen people have a dramatic increase in downloads because they're still calling their episode title the name of the show. Like, For instance, what would you click on more? School of Podcasting, episode 699, or Clay Groves just quit his day job? Which one sounds more entertaining? And think about it. When you turn on the TV or the radio, something happens. When you turn on a podcast app, nothing happens. You have to make people click. So the right bait for the right people. And you want people to not only be attracted, but you want to... Have them bite that hook. You want them to subscribe. When someone subscribes, they are on your line. Now, some might say they're in the boat, but if you're using your podcast as a marketing arm of your company or if you're an entrepreneur or things like that, then maybe getting them on the on your email list is you know getting them even more. You're reeling them in or maybe that's getting them on the boat. It really all depends on your goal. But just like fishing, you have to go where the fish are. I mean, the fish aren't coming to you. You can't fish from home. You have to go to where they are. And so with the right lure uh, and being patient, and when you come up with a combination that works, you make note of it and you do it again. I used to fish a little when I was in my 20s. My brother and one of his friends uh, loved to go out fishing. And we found a lake. And we know that if we went there around 6.30 at night and had the right bait, we were going to have a fun day. But you also realize that uh, some days the fish just aren't biting. And the thing I loved about Clay is the guy never gave up. One of my favorite clips from this whole thing was this one. Everyone fails until they don't. So remember, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. But if you are looking for, you know, Clay is a guide to teach you how to fish. I am a guy that teaches you how to podcast. And so you can avoid 
the common mistakes. And so you don't buy the wrong equipment. And so you don't sound horrible. And so you don't sound like an idiot. I teach you how to edit. I teach you mic placement. I teach you how to build your own website. Whatever you need to do, it is all there. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. And if you're looking to start a podcast at the beginning of the year, you want to start actually about four weeks ago. So now is the time to jump in. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And don't forget that there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you jump in, you go, hmm, not sure this is for me. Not a problem. I'll give you your money back. Don't forget about the question of the month. I do this every year. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. This is the same one I do every December. I need your name and the name of your podcast. I need your website and where people can find your podcast, which is typically the same thing. Then I, I need a brief synopsis about your podcast. And then this is the question. What is your favorite podcast from 2019? Why? That's the big question. Why is it your favorite? What is their website? And I need those by December 27th, 2019, so it can be heard on December 30th. For more information, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Next week, episode 700, and keeping in tradition, I'm going to break format and do something I've never done before. Subscribe to the show at schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and never miss an episode. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. There's a ring halfway down the, this is at a point one. <laughs> yeah, that comes off. Oh, so at a point. 17. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for me, when I think of Laurel, Pete, Laurel, 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 how do you say that? Luring? Luring. Luring. I don't know. Oh.